What is going on, fellow filmmakers and creatives? Welcome to another episode of the Inner Circle Podcast. But before we kick it off, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Brendan Sweeney, Filmmakers Academy member and host of Finding the Frame. And I just want to talk to you about the annual spring sale that we are currently running over at our platform. Are you ready to elevate your craft to new heights? Dive into a community where inspiration meets guidance, where camaraderie fuels creativity? Well, picture this. We have monthly virtual group coaching sessions, network events that spark collaborations, and fresh educational content lighting up your screen monthly. That's what awaits you as an annual all-access member. And guess what? Your journey starts now with an exclusive offer. Snag $150 off your first year when you use promo code ARMCAR150 at checkout. It's our way of saying welcome to the family. So why wait? Join us today and unlock the ultimate resource hub for cinematographers, film crews, and do-it-all filmmakers everywhere. And did I let you know that we just dropped our recent masterclass, Filmotechnic Camera Car Masterclass, where Shane Hurlbut ASC and his camera crew of working professionals go inside the arm car, break down what it's like to be a cinematographer, getting that confidence to be able to utilize this specialty tool to get the shot. We hope to see you in the family. We want to see you on the platform. Let's join the community, Arm Car 150. Check the show notes for the link and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Shane's Inner Circle Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Lydia. Hello, Inner Circle members, and welcome to podcast number 45. Shane and I are very excited to be with you for this podcast. We have a lot of great questions coming up. But before we dive in, I just wanted to chat with you for one minute about our regional meetups. They are taking off and really delivering value for members. And so what I wanted to say is if you would like to set up a regional meetup in your area, make sure that you reach out to Anne with an E, Anne at Hurlbut Visuals, and let her know your interest and get somebody to help you. And then we set up a private Facebook group just for your region. It's a great way for members to meet one another, to really get to know somebody before referring a job to them, and to get hands-on with all of our sponsor gear and you know people that are not Hurlbut Visual sponsors as well. So it's not hard and it's super fun. And I just want everybody to know about those and take advantage. All right. Yes, we even had some people in Australia that wanted to get a regional meetup going over there. And it's really starting to take hold. And I really appreciate all your interest and passion to be able to get this thing fired up and bond as filmmakers all over the world. And a global film family, because that is really what we we love about everybody. So on to the first question. Hello, Shane. Thank you for the opportunity to ask a question. Mine is about filming a shot in a car with a green screen outside the window because I want to replace the location of the car. The actor is sitting in the car, the car isn't moving, and the car needs to look like it's parked on the street in broad daylight. The green screen is the problem because it really reflects on all the inside shiny surfaces inside the car. Do you have any suggestions on how to green screen in this situation? 
Many thanks in advance, Jody Glover. All right, Jody, this is a great question, and I wanted to kind of uh, address it. First off, any type of day exterior, I like to use blue screen. And the reason being is blue screen tends to be something of a color that is of this world. Green screen is pretty much not. Uh, A blue reflection that might be difficult to get rid of could easily be the sky. So the best way to handle the reflections is to get a large screen because you want your screen to be as far away as possible from your actors and your car. And the reason being is the closer it it comes, it, it, let me kind of put it as a kind of a, an example. If you take a light and you put it right close to a window and you turn it on, that light goes everywhere, right? Into the room. But if you take the light and you pull it back 15 feet from the window, it only becomes a sliver. Well, the green screen or blue screen is exactly the same thing. If you bring it in very close like that, it's going to wrap and do everything possible to reflect onto all those nice chrome little bits and pieces in the car. But if you take it further away, then it doesn't reflect in all these round curvature pieces, and it might just reflect in one or two. This is a very important thing when you're doing blue screen. You want that thing as far away as possible and as big as possible. Now, budgetarily wise, I understand you might not be able to have a 30 by 40 in a construction crane. I get it. Okay. But you sure enough can probably do two 12 by 20s side by side and take them back. The other thing is you never want them in the sun. So when I'm shooting a blue screen or green screen, they're always in the shadow. So because if sun is hitting that screen, it definitely is going to have a massive reflective quality. So I try to to keep it more my blue screen and green screen. I like to, if I'm using a Flanders monitor, I like the IRE value of those to be around, you know, 35 to 40 is the range of blue screen and green screen. So it doesn't reflect as much. The, the other thing is, is the idea of bringing in enough light into the car so that the blue or green just doesn't take over every object and every chrome piece and reflect it. So a lot of that contamination can be dealt with by just bringing enough light in the car that obviously looks realistic. We don't want to be pounding 15 shiny boards into the car and the guy looks like he's in a nuclear reactor. Okay, so that's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, there there should be a, you know, it should look very realistic if this person is is 
pulled over on the side of the road and you want to be able to have that feel. It's like whether the son is kind of backlight and edging his arm or crossed his chest, or if you feel like the son needs to come frontally from the window, then it's like cutting across his hands at the wheel or his chest that way. So however you orient the car and however you bring that light in, whether it's reflector boards, whether it's the natural sunlight and you're just positioning it perfectly. I tend to to do that because, you know, you can rotate the car to wherever the heck you want. And then that gives you the ability to back, you know, have the, the screen being backlit. Now, when you do use a blue screen or green screen, you're going to want to put an ultra bounce or a solid on the back side of it. So the sun doesn't come through it and uh, ruin your nice saturation and glow it in some weird way. So let's recap this. You're going to be able to get the biggest screen you can possibly and move it away. Blue screen is a much better one to use. Now that the cameras are so good in the blue and green channels, the main reason green was used for so much is because the green happened to be the cleanest channel on the digital sensor. But now the sensors are becoming so clean without much noise whatsoever. So I don't mind where, you know, using blue at all. You're going to make sure it is backlit in regards to not having any direct sunlight on it. So the only thing that's that's illuminating it is the natural sky ambience. You're going to put a 12 by, you're going to put some kind of ultra bounce or solid on the backside of your blue screen or green screen. So it does not penetrate through it. You're going to bring enough light into the car so it looks natural and helps with contamination. And there you are. Bob's your uncle. Before we move on, I actually have one quick question on the blue screen, green screen. Is there anything that you need to do to specifically prep it so that you don't waste an actor's time? Is there Are there any little you know, tricks that you've learned? Because I think this is really important because it's hard enough for actors, usually in this situation, especially if they're acting by themselves. So is there anything that you've learned to make it easier for actors? Well, I think what I just kind of went through is like making sure that you rotate and set up the car so it's perfectly set up for a backlight or three-quarter backlight scenario on the blue screen. You've put some kind of a solid to block the sun out, position it all in a way that you've already dealt with all the contamination and everything. You've had a stand-in get in there. If he has glasses, making sure that no reflections are are playing funkily. That's my own word, you know, in that scenario. So, you know, anything that is about providing a a wonderful creative flow for an actor is all done in the pre-production of and the pre-light doing all the necessarily things all doing all the necessary things so you can be as efficient as possible so when that actor gets on the set you've already worked out all of the possibilities and problem solving uh, things prior to this so he or she can just get in and rock it out. That's great. Thank you so much, Shane, because I think the proactivity I just want to hit on for a minute that Shane was talking about in the pre-production process, it's very, very critical to get in these habits of proactivity because habits are everything. So 
if you know that every single time that you're shooting green screen or blue screen, you have your list in your, it's a mental note that you're making for yourself. And it's kind of like a checklist that you go through to really speed up your time and efficiency. I think that that is something that we all tend to forget. You know, it's like, okay, I, I've done pre-production maybe a little while ago, and now all of a sudden it's the shoot day and, oh man, I forgot something. So I think just, just to be aware of this as, cause as part of a mental regime for yourself is very important. Next question. Hi, Shane and Lydia. Love the inner circle. It has helped me progress in my skill set so much since being a part. Well, thank you for that. We love hearing that. I know that there have been many questions hitting this little bit. So here it is, photo metrics. I am looking at purchasing medium-sized sources to combat with the sun, not direct sunlight, but looking out a window type interview setup. I am looking for more than just a certain light recommendation, but the process of deciding and doing the math to figure out if a light is a good fit. Then add to that how to compensate the photometrics to include bouncing the source of, let's say, a beadboard. As always, thanks for your insight. If you have any, if you've already answered this and other podcasts or lesson, please guide me to them. I don't think we have, have we? Well, a little bit. And David, this is a great question. And I think we've danced around it several times, taking it for a tango, but uh, we haven't really hit it hard. And that's what I want to do right now. Okay. Photometrics. Everything requires a light meter. I know that everyone's like, we're in digital right now. You don't need a light meter, but you do. So the best light meter out there that's going to measure foot candles perfectly is going to be a Spectra. It's an incident meter, probably the 4A, I think I have. And it. the reason I like the Spectra is it measures all the way down to a 0.3, okay? When you think about it, these cameras are so sensitive now that it's very important to have that the ability to measure not just three stops down from a two, but actually five stops down from a two, because you know that camera is going to be seeing into all that. So I guess what I would say is, so with this meter, it gives you the ability to measure foot candles. Every light photometrically is based on foot candles. So what I do is I'll look up, okay, what is a 1K for now? What's the output of foot candles full flood at 20 feet away? Okay, it's going to tell you it's, you know, so and so many foot candles. So what you do is you set your meter to what you are going to be exposing at. Uh, If you're at 800 ISO at 24 frames per second or 2398 and 180 degree shutter, you're going to load that in and then you're going to slide it over to foot candles and then you're going to uh, move your meter around to it. Let's say uh, 20 feet away, a 1K gives you 20 foot candles. I don't know if that's it. I'm just saying this for an example. So what you do is you set your meter to everything that I just told you about, and then you go around and you just try to get it, the ball, 
and and whatever light, I mean, I literally will put it wherever I can get it to say 20 foot candles. And then once it gets 20 foot candles, I flick the switch over and it tells me what that light is, you know, what it's, what it means to my exposure on my camera. So let's say at 20 feet away. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of apps. There's a lot of apps that, that have the photometrics on all the lights. We've run a couple of those on the blog, you know, that, that measure these photometrics. But when it's all said and done, you need to, to be able to calculate that with your meter. So if you read at 20 foot candles, you got the, the, the meter to say 20 foot candles, you slid over and that was a two eight. So you would know that at 20 feet away with a 1K Fresnel, you were going to get a 2.8. So this is how I do it. And I use those photometrics that way by using that meter. Now you asked the question as well in your, is how do you deal with the photometrics of a bounce? Okay, this is a great and it's pretty true to form on every light. If you have a Fresnel, say say eight feet away, I am hitting somebody direct with a 1K Fresnel full flood. I'm going to say I have an eight and a half. If I turn that around and bounce it into a beadboard eight feet away, full flood, I will have a two eight and a half. So Fresnels, you lose three stops on the bounce. If it's an open face or a par light, full flood, you only lose two stops. So it would be eight feet away. You know, you're, you're, the open face lights tend to be more punchy and they, they, they put out more light. So you're only going to lose two stops by bouncing it where with a Fresnel, you're going to lose three stops based kind of on the Fresnel and the way it, it, you know, ex- exposes, I mean, because you're going through that glass. So, and the photometrics of an open face are all about pushing light out of it instead of making really nice hard shadows and giving you the ability to cut it nicely. Okay. So that's kind of the photometrics on bounce light. But this meter trick is something that I've done. I remember back in the day, I was on Terminator Salvation and I needed to light. 20 acres on the minefield uh, escape. And I was like, Jesus Christ, how do I figure this out? You know, it's like, and I literally went online and I was like, okay, 24 light Dino with narrow globes or very narrow globes. What is that going to get me at 300 yards away? Right. And so that's 900 feet away. And I'm thinking, okay, so I do all the calculations and I'm flipping my switch over and it's going to be this many foot candles. And I was like, okay, I, at that far away, I'm going to get a one four. And I was like, that is perfect because my backlight is something that I like to be one stop down and it was just going to be perfect. So I'd pay the backlight one stop down. I'd play my fill light three stops down and we're off to the races. So this is the most efficient way that I've found. And it also teaches you photometrics by doing it this way than just 
going to an app and trying to figure it all out that way. So it's the app is kind of that uh, shortcut. So I would definitely get the apps that kind of, kind of uh, tell you photometric what all the lights give you in regards to foot candles, but you kind of need this meter to really calculate it down to exactly what your sensor is, what shutter speed you're on, and what frames per second that you're shooting. All right. I hope that Hits it home for you, David. Okay. The next question is from Nikki. Hey, Shane, how are you? I just returned from Paris where I'll be filming a commercial for a fashion designer's new line of shoes. I will be shooting on Kodak film with an Airy LT camera on multiple exterior locations in Paris. Wow, Nikki, that's awesome. What lighting and grip recommendations do you think are best for a more run and gun type of shoot? All the best, Nikki. All right, Nikki, I think, um, you know, run and gun style in Paris, uh, you're going to want to be able to have, you know, I would say bounce cards for sure. I would, I like to have some of the bounce cards that can go silver and or gold. There's also a uh, LeMay, uh, silver and gold. You know, you have soft and hard. These are things that are going to be very easy to move around with. And, you know, they, they're like flex fills. They pop right out. You know, they all of a sudden become six. There's some that are six feet, which are really great for, for catching light. They have a silver side. They have a white side. They have a gold side. They have a white side. So all I would look into that. Depending on, you know, your run and gun style, I, I always like to have some way to create daylight. I tend that I like the light that it gets kind of in the early morning and late afternoon, kind of when the sun's not up, especially if you're shooting a new line of shoes, you could have that beautiful kind of cyan tone that you get in the early morning or the more kind of, you know, uh, cobalt blue twilight that happens. And then you add in uh, like an M18 as a, like a late, you know, early morning or late afternoon three-quarter back and you let that ambience just play into all the nooks and crannies and it looks so beautiful we were i was doing this burger king spot where i took all the inserts that we had to do and i just waited later in the day to shoot them because they were so easy to light and uh, i could just whip in there and and take one light and create it as my backlight and move it around to kick the, if I wanted to kick the ghetto blaster exactly how I wanted it or the gas can and same with shoes, you know, it's like being able to do that and maybe adding a slight flare. These are all things that you can kind of work on with a, a very small lighting package and, and a bounce you know, you know, flex fills and stuff like that to be able to reflect in. The other thing that I like is mirrors. So when I'm taking my little run and gun kit, I like little one by one mirrors and mirror shards because those are always cool to reflect sun or or even reflect a light to get a cool slice across the shoes or or lay it in the background out of focus and then hit it with something. And then that 
creates beautiful bokeh in the background and, and can possibly create a flare in the lens. So these are like little things to, to bring along with you. I always like to have some C stands because I think that stand is like your best lighting tool possible. I also like to have some negative fill. So I like to have like four by four solids or, you know, some way you can, they have flex fills that will flex out into solids as well. So you don't have to carry those big four by four flags around and you can use grip clips and, and C-stand, a couple C-stands to be able to, to rig those. These are the kind of things that you want to put in your little run and gun van package of, of, of being able to create negative fill. You got some bounce light happening. You got the ability to add light, late afternoon sunlight or, or bounce something to make something really super soft. If you're losing the light, you have all these different, you know, like I'd say two M18s would be something that would be really good because you could easily plug them into walls and not blow fuses you would have your you know your lighting package would consist of that i'm not big on getting a lot of small little lights unless maybe a little pocket par if you wanted to be able to flare the lens every once in a while you have your little mirrors your shards of mirrors your little out of focus bokeh reflective stuff that you can stick way in the background you have your flex fills you have some c stands some sandbags and that would be a, a really good run and gun package you also have flex fill diffusions so if you want to be able to diffuse the light you can do that as well so a lot of those flex fills are you're looking for flex fills that have a solid you're looking at flex fills that have different bounce colors gold silver white and then you're having flex fill that is also with the diffusion so you're able to do all these different things right you're able to diffuse a light you're able to bounce a light you're able to create negative fill or you're able to make it silver or gold and reflectivity and and color tone so i think that really kind of sets you up if you a portable generator you can take a 6500 or a 5500 even and a honda and be able to power up the m18s no problem with these M18s, you're, if you can't plug them in the wall, then you can easily get a very small portable generator that will easily fit inside your van, and you can kind of run and gun and deal with that. Now, that's going to be for like more day exterior, day interior work, um, but you know, if you're looking to do some night work, then you would have to go into some more practical based and china balls and you know uh, you can use your your m18 still and and make them with full cts and full and a half cts you can warm them up so it gives you that nice ability to still use that light and not have to bring a ton of lights i would also use some led technology like the light mats or the DP Lumi kits or any of those type of very lightweight, flexible, uh, snap right into a grid and, and go LED lighting as well. Before we leave this question, I just want to add something about the run and gunners, uh, the, the people that are really doing 
either a lot of solo shooting or have maybe one other person with them. And just from a business standpoint, I think it's really important to capitalize on what what you can do, what you can give. Because so many times I hear or I see on our Facebook page, people saying, well, this is all I had, or this is, you know, it was just me and this was all I could get. And I understand the frustration because everybody wants all the tools and all the fun toys. But I think if you could really focus on what you are able to give, that makes you less frustrated as the person shooting it or feeling like, oh my God, I wish I had this particular light that I don't. And it's going to really potentially get the client excited because, you know, all they're hearing about is what you can do next. And so then they're more likely to come back to you again, to ask you to work again, et cetera, et cetera. So really kind of watch your language is so important. And so is your mindset. So you may only have five or six things and we're going to make the best out of those. So I just wanted to add that little tidbit. So we would like to thank you all so much for um, being a part of the inner circle for your passion and your commitment and just your input and helping one another in this amazing community. And remember, you got to submit your podcast questions so we can continue to answer these. It's a great way, a direct connection between uh, Lydia and I, and it's very important. Uh, So make sure you hit that podcast questions and submit those babies. All right. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. If you love what you're listening to here, go to shanesinnercircle.com. It is knowledge that is forged on the set. This is not a classroom environment. This is boots on the ground, immersive learning that you can apply immediately to whatever your skill level is. Knowledge you can trust, people that care. That's exactly what happens in our loving film community of shanesinnercircle.com. Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And my wife and I have created this incredible resource called the Filmmakers Academy. And we'd love for you to download and rate our app. If you're a filmmaker, do yourself a favor and download the Filmmakers Academy app today. It's available wherever you get your apps, most notably the App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, and the Roku Channel Store. The app includes everything on the platform for all access members and from content to community and coaching opportunities, everything you need to master your craft. So download the app. And this is the most important part. Be sure to rate it. Rating us really helps us spread the word and enhance our rankings in this dedicated app store. So if you love what we're doing, this is a way to show it. Together, let's take your career as a filmmaker to the next level.